received uh, cards and calls from those as far as West Point, Georgia, uh, indicating they've been blessed by our broadcast. If you would like to be a blessing to this ministry, you can certainly give by way of Givelify on the internet or your cell phone, or you can send your offering to Cornerstone Church, P.O. Box 2734. Peachtree City, Georgia, 30269. We certainly thank you for your contribution. There is a word from the Lord. Amen. You may keep your seats, but in the Old Testament record, Psalm 121, beginning with verse 1 and reading through verse 8. Psalm 121, beginning with verse 1 and reading through verse 8. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Thank God for the reading of his holy word. I want to talk with you for a few moments now concerning the matter, he's more than enough. Uh -huh. Amen. He's more than enough. It is said that this particular song at one point was known as uh, the song of ascent. It was sung by uh, Jewish pilgrims uh, traveling up to Jerusalem. Uh, that beautiful city built upon a hill. They would travel there uh, for one of the various holy days throughout the year. Uh, matter of fact, we read even in the New Testament Gospels how even Jesus, as a boy of 12, there's an account of he <coughs> and his family making that pilgrimage up to the hill of Jerusalem. They likely sang this song and others and of course, Jesus would certainly sing them again with his disciples. Uh, today, many people continue to recite the same 121st Psalm at the beginning of long journeys. Matter of fact, it's now known as the Traveler's Psalm. It is in fact a declaration and affirmation of God's power, and it serves as a reminder of the assurance of his providential protection for his people and those who trust in him. This song lets us know that there is no struggle you can ever have that God cannot see you through. I thought that would be good news, at least for somebody in here this morning uh, that's listening to me to know that no matter how uh, difficult your circumstances might be right now, no matter how unpromising your situation may appear, no matter how disconcerting uh, the journey that you're on might uh, be right now, no matter how impossible 
things are looking in your life. If you have God, you already have more than enough. Mm -hmm. How many of you know that no matter how it looks like, things won't get better? And no matter how much it looks like is going against you, that if God be for you, he's more than whatever could be going against you. I'm trying to tell you he's more than enough. And so many miss out on so much because when they pray, they only pray for what they see as being possible. But I came to tell you this morning that nothing you can face is too hard for God to handle. Stop limiting your prayer request based on what you see as being possible. I'm trying to tell you the God I serve specializes in things that are impossible. And the old songwriter said he can do what no other power can do. The old deacons used to add something on to it. They said he specializes in things that seem impossible. And he can do what no other power, Holy Ghost power, can do. Someone was wondering uh, if there was anything God cannot do. I said, no, there's simply nothing that God cannot do. They said, well, there's one thing he can't do. Uh, they said, he can't change your past. I said, no, uh, God can do anything. He can even change your past. But the fact is, he'll get more glory out of it by leaving you with your past and still changing your future. You see, if he changes your past, your testimony won't be as strong. So he leaves you with the past that you have and simply gives you a brighter future. Can I get a witness in this place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can change it, but he won't. He'll just change your future. Forgive you of your sins, leave you with your past, bless you with a better future to the end that he might get more of the glory. I said God can do anything. He's more than enough. Some of you are not feeling me. Okay, uh, my grandparents uh, had a farm in Jackson, Georgia. We were little. We would spend part of the summer uh, there. Uh, There's another farmer down in Jackson, Georgia, Butts County, had two mules. Two big old mules, but he couldn't get anything done with the mules. Never seemed to be able to get anything accomplished with them. Uh, it just never worked out with them. Even when he would yoke them together, uh, they still could not be depended upon. And, and the interesting thing about it is, uh, one of the mules was named Willing. Let the church say Willing. Willing. That was the mule's name, Willing. And then the other mule, his name was Abel. Let the church say Abel. And the interesting thing about it is the farmer just couldn't get anything out of them because of the simple fact that Willing simply was not able. And then Abel was not Willing. I guess y'all still sleep from last night, but you need to know that when you're facing trying and difficult moments in life, and when you are confronted with unfortunate attacks along your journey, it ought to be good news for you just to know today that the God whom we serve not only is willing, but Lord knows he's able. He's willing to see you through, and then he's able to bring you through. Won't he do it this morning? If you trust in him, I'm trying to tell you, he's more than enough. Yeah. And so it's an intriguing text for our consideration uh, this morning because it appears, it appears, it appears that the psalmist uh, begins by symbolizing God 
and comparing God to the hills. Yeah, that, that's what it looks like because he says what? Verse 1, I will lift up mine eyes where? Unto the hills. And so it appears. Touch somebody, tell them it just appears. It, it, it just appears. He's symbolizing God to the hills. And of course, there certainly are many things throughout the Bible that have been used as symbolic expressions to paint us a picture of God or to illustrate uh, some of his characteristics, uh, to give us uh, a clue to some of his attributes, uh, to enlarge our vision and understanding of God. Uh, the ocean uh, with her turbulent majesty, the lion uh, with the strength of his claws, the eagle uh, with her unusual sight, uh, the shepherd with his rod and staff, the horse pawing in the valley, Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of a wheel. Many things uh, have been employed to give us a picture of God's strength and God's power, God's love, God's concern, his mercy. The psalmist even declares that the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. And so many people across the years have interpreted uh, these hills in verse 1 mentioned as a picture of our God. After all, it does say, I will lift up mine eyes unto uh, the hills. Uh, but I declare that simply is not the intent of the songwriter. For the psalmist does not merely want us to focus on some hills that we can see. But he wants us to focus on the hill that all the other hills have been built upon. For you see, there were some who worshipped pagan idols on top of hills. Oftentimes, Baal, uh, the god of Baal, that golden calf, would be set up on the top of a hill and worshipped. Often, pagan temples were even built on hills. And many times, if they didn't have a golden image or some uh, of some sort to put on top of the hill, uh, many would just worship hills themselves. And so the psalmist being aware of this, in actuality, verse 1 in the original Hebrew language, he's actually asking a rhetorical question. The question is, will I look to the hills for my help? Uh, and then he says, uh, well, where exactly does my help come from? And then he turns around and answers himself in verse 2 and says, no, I won't look to these little hills because all of my help, yeah. it comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth and the hills. Yeah. In other words, it's not merely the hills, but all of our help comes from the maker of the hills. Yeah. All of our help, every little bit of it comes from the Lord. Yeah. He's the source of our strength and he's the strength of our life. That's why James reminds us that every good gift and every perfect gift, it comes down not from the hills, but it comes from above. It comes down from the Father of lights, the maker of the hills, in whom there is no changing. And uh, if Mother Bethay was here, she would tell you if you just trust him, you'll discover he's more than enough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, but I hear somebody saying, well, Pastor, you know, I, I grew up on the other side of the tracks. I had it rough coming up, and I've made it now, and I had to pull my own self up uh, by my own bootstraps. You've heard folks talk like that? Well, well who gave you the boots? Yeah. Who gave you the straps? There's some folk got boots but don't have straps. There's some who have boots and straps and don't have strength. But whether it's boots, straps, or strength, you didn't get it on your own. It all comes from the Lord. It's God who makes it possible. Whatever we have, God gave it to us. 
Whatever we know, God taught us. Wherever we are, God brought us. Wherever, uh, whoever we are, God made us. He's the source of it all. Yeah. That's why it's so safe to trust him today and in his church. He's the hill beyond the hills. And if you look to him, you'll discover uh, from whence cometh all of our health. I know many people perhaps find it difficult to believe, uh, to even imagine that at one time people worshipped hills. Uh, but you'd be surprised at some things people still choose to worship today. You'd be surprised what many people put before worshiping God even this morning. Some people have become more concerned with chasing after the creature comforts of life. They've forgotten about their relationship with the creator and sustainer of life who gives us all comforts and gifts. I guess that's why they used to sing in the old churches, some folks would rather have houses and land. Some folks choose silver and gold. These things they treasure, but they forget about their soul. But I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Y'all don't remember that song. Listen, then we get happy with it and we say the road is rough. The going gets mighty tough and the hills are hard to climb. But I started out long time ago and there is no doubt in my mind I've decided to make Jesus my choice. Is that anybody's testimony? You've had some rough hills to climb, some rough uh, journey to go through, but since you made Jesus your choice, you found out he's more than enough. He's the source of our strength. He's the strength of our lives. And when you've been walking and talking with him for a while, listen, you'll discover you can depend on him even when you cannot depend on anything or anyone else. You still not shout, Well, this will shout you. Listen, matter of fact, not only can you uh, depend on him when you can't depend on anyone or anything else, but I've discovered you can even depend on him even when you can't depend on your own self. Now, that may not shout you, but that shouted me to know I can depend on him even when I'm too weak for myself. If you trust in him, he'll sustain you. People will look at your past and wonder how you're still smiling and your testimony don't have to be if it had not been for the Lord. On my side, I would never have made it. And I like the psalmist here because the psalmist seems very careful not to give the impression that we won't ever have some tough times. Uh, They're careful not to mention or to give the impression we won't ever have some rocky roads and unlevel lanes to travel in. Matter of fact, the psalmist seems to even acknowledge and confirm the fact that there are going to be trying and difficult times in our lives. Not only will we have to experience some dangers in our valleys, but then we also are going to have to experience some hills and tough mountains to climb. But although we'll all have some difficult days and nights, every now and then, the psalmist declares that the Lord will not suffer our foot to be moved. Meaning that no matter how rocky the road, uh, no matter how steep the banks, uh, no matter how unlevel the lane, we've got what you call promise preservation. Let the church say promise preservation. Promise preservation. So often in Palestine, where the psalmist grew up, they had steep hills, mountains, sharp rocks along narrow passageways. So much so that one false step could cause one to suffer a terrible fall and even lose one's life and 
Perhaps there's someone in here other than myself that can relate to that even today because I know somebody in here has been in some situations where you too, it looked like you were just one step away from losing it all. Somebody's been there. Some of us in here have had to go by some sharp, rocky places. But I came to tell you, we've got a God who gives us promise preservations. Uh, he'll preserve you from all danger. You're not getting it. He'll preserve you. He'll preserve you. Uh, I, I don't know if many young ladies know anything about preserving these days uh, and canning. Yeah. Until when you're looking at me, you're like, what are he talking about? Canning and preserving? Well, anybody have a grandmother that knew how to preserve things? Yeah. Yeah. And she'd take apples and pears that I perhaps did not necessarily necessarily care for uh, by themselves. Yeah. Uh, but but she put them through a, 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 a preserving process. Uh, and then months later, years later, uh, she fixed grandpa's breakfast every morning. Yeah. Yeah. And she'd take a, uh, a loaf of bread, a piece of bread, and put it uh, in the frying pan. Mm. And put butter on the toast and fry toast. Right. Yeah. I know you go to IHOP and all that, but yeah. grandma, she used to fry toast in the morning. Yeah. Put butter on the toast. He right. ate fried toast every morning and Grips and ham and bacon, all that. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Uh, Y'all got microwave, but grandma fried toast. And when she fried the toast, she'd go in the pantry and put out an old jar, open up the jar, and, 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 and pour out the jelly and jam in the jar. And it tasted so much more sweet than it was when she put it in. It's because she had put it in a preserving process. Am I preaching to anybody other than myself? I'm trying to tell you that's what God does for those who trust in him. Uh, he'll put you through a preserving process. And when you come out of the situation, you come out sweeter than you were when you went in. Won't he do it? How do you know he'll do it? Because Jesus, he's sweet, I know. Storm clouds may rise. Strong winds may blow. But we've got a Savior. And he's sweet, I know. I don't know how you feel about him. But after you've been through some things with him. Looked like there was no way out in your situation. Somehow, some way, God stepped in. Looked like it was at the last minute. Made a way out of nowhere. You can testify. Now I know him for myself. Yeah, I've been through a preserving process. You sing another song said, yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus for myself. What did he do for you? He woke me up this morning. Saw a brand new dawn. He feeds me when I'm hungry. Comforts me when I'm lonely. Yes, I know Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus for myself. The thing I like right in here is the fact that it doesn't even matter what time you call on them. It's never too early. Never too late in the evening. Because the psalmist says right here, He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And I don't know about you, but that does something for me. I got excited when I read that because I remember occasions when I would be up all night long. Wondering what the next day was going to bring. But on one such occasion, I opened up my Bible. And the Bible opened up to this very same line. He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And it blessed my soul because when I read it, uh, uh, it, it came to my mind that uh, since God was going to be up all night, wasn't any need of both of us losing sleep. 
I'm going on to bed and I'm leaving all my cares in the hands of the Lord. I wish Mother Bethay was here this morning. She'd tell us if you trust in the Lord, you can take your burdens to him and leave them right there. The problem is with many folk, you, you, you bring your burdens on Sunday morning, you leave them here at the altar, but you pick them back up on your way home. But how many of you know you can take your burdens to the Lord and leave them right there? He's the God of more than enough. And so it says he never slumbers. He never sleeps. Meaning that no matter how your destiny may be under attack, the fact is nothing can happen to you that can catch God off guard from protecting you. Uh, your enemies, no matter how slick they are, they can't ever catch God leaning off the base and pick them off. Uh, they, they can't ever fool God with any off-speed pitches. Uh, they can't blitz God and mess up his timing. Uh, they can't pick and roll God and prevent you from getting the basket. Uh, he's a God that can't be had. Uh, he's a God that can't be taken. Uh, he's a God that can't be hoodwinked. He's a God that can't be bamboozled. He's a God that can't be led straight. He's a God that can't run amok. He's a God you can't filibuster him. He's a God you can't sequester him. He's your God all by himself. And the psalmist says he made heaven and earth and everything else within it. And so there's no problem you can ever have that's too hard for God to ever handle. And so uh, look now what happens in this psalm. You actually have two different voices uh, interacting in the song. Uh, you, you got the worshiper and you got the, the priest, the worship leader. The worshiper says, while speaking in the first person in verses one and two, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. But then the priest, the worship leader, comes in, it's his part then, and he encourages the worshiper and says in verse 3, He will not even suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. But then the worshiper comes back in in verse 4, that's the worshiper's part, and the worshiper's line is, Yeah, I know, and he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. But then the priest, the worship leader, comes back in in verse 5 and reminds the worshiper again that the Lord is not just the keeper of Israel, but the Lord is your personal keeper. Yeah. He's your shade. He's your protection under the sun by day. Yeah. And he's your protection under the moon by night. In other words, no matter what time of the day and no matter what season you in, he's your shade from folk who even try to throw shade on you. Yeah. And if you keep looking to him, he'll preserve you. The Bible says from all evil, yeah. he shall preserve thy soul. He'll even bless your going out and your coming in. He'll bless you in your labor and in your leisure. He'll bless you in the city. And in the field, he'll bless you from this time forth, even forevermore. In other words, he's our 24-hour protection. He's protecting us from danger seen and unseen. He's protecting us, I tell you, from trouble known and unknown. And I know you can give him praise for danger seen. I know you can give him praise from trouble you know about. 
But I wonder if there's just anybody in here who knows he's protected you from more danger that you haven't seen. And he's got, gotten you out of more trouble you don't know about. Anybody in here able to praise him for stuff you don't know he did for you? And stuff you ain't even seen he's done for you. Just believing he's done it on your behalf. And then finally, it's interesting to me that this song would be couched uh, between Psalm 120 and then Psalm 122. Because Psalm 120 is talking about in my distress, I cried unto the Lord. But then Psalm 22 is talking about I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. And so brothers, sisters, how do you move from your distress in your 120 to your gladness in your 122? Well, the key is what you do in the middle. And so what you do in the middle is give God praise in your 121. And if you can look back over and see where he's already brought you from and how he's been your help in the past and, and how he never let you fall down, but he's been your keeper. He's been your protector, your preserver. Uh, your sustainer. He's blessed your going out and your coming in and he didn't let you lose your mind while you were going through it. Matter of fact, when other folk walked out, he just stepped right in and when you think about the goodness of the Lord, hey, your soul ought to be crying out, hallelujah. Thank you for saving me. Won't he make you glad? Won't he take you from distress to gladness? And so what you gonna do about it, Pastor? I tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna praise him. With my hands. I'm going to praise him with my dance. He's given me another chance. Come on, let's praise him in advance. Anybody got to praise in advance with you this morning? I said, anybody got to praise in advance? Uh, you don't know how he's going to work it out, but you just praising him, believing he will come through on your behalf. Because you would expect me to wear my Auburn uh, hoodie. But Auburn lost the game. And I overheard you talking, talking trash. Pastor, don't mention nothing about Auburn when Auburn loses. But I stopped by to tell you, they may have lost last week. But they didn't lose last night.
if they lose next week, you still go from distress to gladness. He'll give you a new team.